you know, I couldn't help but uh, listen to the uh, Gold Squadron Gaze episode that you were on, uh-huh. and I couldn't help but notice I was mentioned, you know, 11 times. Not that I was counting. <laughs> and I, I just wanted to know if you wanted to apologize to me for anything. I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> but I stand by all of it. No, uh, it was really fun. I enjoyed uh, Gold Squadron Gaze. Uh, we talked about the finale episode of the last season of The Mandalorian. It was a good time. Um, I think, uh, Chris, when we get to The Mandalorian in our podcast, we will have we will have a difference of opinion <clears throat> about season three. And that's fine. That's um, fine. Yeah, you know, it's fine to have a uh, difference of opinions. It would uh, be nice if people always remembered that. And when they communicated how they feel about things, you know, they avoid terms like, it sucks, this is stupid, blah, blah, blah. Because you end up uh, uh, hurting people's feelings that may like it because art is subjective. Not that I'm yeah, talking about that's... anything in particular. That is a huge thing that's happening sort of all over the internet right now. Yeah. Um, And a lot of it is in Marvel world because, of course, Secret Invasion just started. And we'll talk about that on Marvelous Divas. But, like, yeah, just remember that, you know, opinions, man. (laughs) My opinion is that you a little bitch. And I may have expressed that a few times (laughs) on Gold Squadron Gaze. (laughs) Yeah, uh, specifically. (laughs) Anyway, I'm uh, just for the record, I am irreplaceable. It's true. Uh, To the left, to the left. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> in a box to the left yeah mm-hmm. but i know who's at the front of the line should you disappear in a puff of smoke so uh bradley <laughs> <laughs> look i didn't say it uh, I, you I, did. Said it. I said it. <laughs> it charles's head couldn't even fit on the video when you do the recording for the patreon so <laughs> He just needs to get further away from the camera. I don't know why he feels like he needs to hug the camera. The camera's not going to hug you back, baby. I'm sorry. (laughs) And it gives him so little room to work with when he starts to get uncomfortable and he starts to, like, subconsciously lean out of the frame. You're gone. You leaned a little bit and now you're gone. You're not in the frame anymore. Anyway, nobody sees the video version. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Of Gold Squadron. Well, like, um, uh, you know, it's funny. I was getting I'm getting messages from uh, newer listeners who are like, man, you must really hate this guy because you talk (laughs) shit about him all the time. And you have to understand. Ain't no love like Chris's hate. (laughs) (laughs) When I when I legit like like somebody a lot and I love Charles, he's like my little brother to me. Um, And that's why. Hello. We do a podcast together for Light and Dice. The right, best, exactly. The, exactly. What, I, what I've just been told this week, the best tabletop role-playing game podcast of all time. Uh, I am so far behind, and I blame Raymond Reddington. The Blacklist rewatch I've been doing has been consuming all of my spare time, but I'm stockpiling all the episodes of For Light and Die so I can just binge them. And oh, I can't the, the one that came out this week, it's like my work of art. I'm so nice. fucking just proud of myself. Nice. Um, anyway, I'm actually proud of the players because it was perfect. It was one of those, as a GM, you have a moment in your head and how something's going to play out and when it's so much more traumatizing than you imagined it it's perfect nice nice <laughs> anyway, good job but no job. i do a podcast with him so clearly i like him so uh i don't actually hate him i just give him shit because he has one of those faces that are punchable that's all i can say <laughs> and also this is how we express our affection being friends with us is great you guys yeah my funeral is not gonna have a lot of people there 
<laughs> Super. Fu- oh, some of us will be there just to make sure you're dead. So. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> hey, do we want to like introduce a show today? Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. <clears throat> What's my motivation? Where am I? Who Star am Wars, I? What's Ezra happening? Bridger. Okay. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Dark Side Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Star Wars. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show. And um I've been clever for like, we were talking before and I was, I'm just, I, what I'm saying is I got nothing. Chris? Hi, everybody. I am that homo <laughs> uh, Jedi temple looking like a butt plug sexual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and speaking of which, Stephanie, uh-huh. nothing, no sign of an entrance, not even a crack. <laughs> I didn't even go there. <laughs> Thank you for taking me there. <laughs> that was awesome. Isn't it awesome when I prepare lines <clears throat> like that? It's it's just such a good gimmick. St- Stunning. Stunning. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations on doing that 120 times now. So. I know. Uh, I know. This is episode 120, you guys. What the fuck? What the fuck? Do you have anything before we get into I it? I do have a review I wanted to read. Hooray. See how I'm happy about it and not at all uncomfortable or bracing myself. Sure, Dan. My imposter syndrome, please read the review. All right. User Rachel... Rachelin, I'm sorry, uh, Rachelin80, Rebel Alliance. Thank you so much for bringing positivity and tons of humor back to Star Wars. I grew up watching and loving the original trilogy, but with each new trilogy or even show, the toxic fanboys find ways to ruin what I love. Listening (laughs) Listening to and learning more about the Star Wars universe from you both has restored my love and ignited a new passion to learn more on my own. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. That's... That's the whole goal, man. <laughs> That's it. That's the mission Mission accomplished. We can stop now. We're tired of haters. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's fucking endless, right? Like, I, because I'm the one who, I manage our TikTok account. So I get it all the time. All it's the time. every day. There's always something. There's always some, and it's always men. I don't know, it's just, it's just always fucking something. And, and the haters are out there. And, and the, what they don't seem to realize is that when they attack en masse constantly, we get a callus to it. Like, yeah, it's exhausting and I get tired of you and I'll just fucking block you. But also, like, it doesn't land. There's no impact. Yeah. Like, it doesn't fucking mean anything anymore. Like, oh, I've got I've got a stack of drafts on my TikTok rep- responding to the same type of comment over and over. Like, because it's always just dudes like, oh, yeah, you think Star Wars is sexist? Let me list female characters like their existence discounts everything you just said. Let me get my binder full of women out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mitt. Anyway, yeah, no, the the toxic fanboys are almost fucking laughable at this point. Like, nothing you say matters anymore. You're all just saying the same shit. And you're all just telling on yourselves every time. So just shut up and let people enjoy things. Yeah. So if you want to be on team enjoy things, come over to Dark Side Divas. We just want to fucking enjoy Star Wars. Okay? Uh the okay. thirst is real on this podcast too. So, you know, it doesn't have to oh, yeah, be yeah. <laughs> doesn't have to be all about positivity. Sometimes we do get critical, but we do preface it and I feel like we're fair. Right. And and like it's we criticize because we love. Yeah. 
Yeah. Again, being friends with us is great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for the review. We do appreciate it. Love it. Okay. Are we ready? I'm ready. Oh, I was born ready. Okay. Um, so what we're doing on this podcast is we're watching through the entire Star Wars visual story in chronological order, which means that we started with episode one, The Phantom Menace, and we have been walking through mysterious tunnels forward through time since then, and we find ourselves <laughs> today in Star Wars Rebels season one, episode 10, Path of the Jedi. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh. Chris, do you have an intro? <clears throat> Will Ezra walk this way? After the conflict on the asteroid, Kanan is having doubts about Ezra after he tapped into the power of the dark side. How will Kanan guide Ezra to the path of the Jedi? Can Kanan be the master Ezra needs him to be? Mmm, uncertain is the future. <laughs> Walk this way. Talk this Talk way. This way. Told you. Yeah, yeah, you did. You warned me. Uh, anyway, so yeah, um, ba 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 bum. That's it. That's what's happening. That's, That's it. where we're going with this episode. Um, real quick, behind the scenes on this episode. Uh, this episode is directed by Dave Filoni. Wow, of course. Yeah, it is. he's if he's it, been the super supervising director up to this point, but he was like, no, I want the chair for this one. It feels like a Clone Wars episode, quite frankly. Very much, yeah. Um, so that's very cool yeah. uh, that he stepped in uh, to do that. By the way, if you're just joining us and you're unaware, Dave Filoni is the creative driving force behind all of Clone Wars. He is Star and, Wars. And many, he's, he is the new, the new blood behind Star Wars. Um, and he knows it, and we'll talk about that at some point. But <laughs> at this point in his career that we're talking about, this little snapshot way back in Rebels, uh, it's just him uh, directing an anim animated episode, and it's awesome. So this episode is written by, because we support writers around here. Is that strike still going on? I think it is. What? The writer strike. It's still happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's still happening. Okay. Uh, it's going to get, it, apparently going to get worse. I haven't kept up with it. I've... Not being in the U.S. means I don't get U.S. news. I heard all about the Ukraine and mm. uh, speaking of strikes, strikes in France. Uh, so right. yeah. yeah, so I've, I, I, I'm way behind on what's going on. Okay, so um, because we support writers, let's talk about the writer of this episode. Uh, this episode is written by Charles Murray. Oh. Uh, Charles Murray has written up to this point. Most of our writers have been people who specialize in writing for animation, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Charles Murray mostly writes for live action TV. Uh, he did 27 episodes of a show called Third Watch, uh, four episodes of Sons of Anarchy. Oh. So like some heavy drama shit, right? Two episodes of Luke Cage mm. in the, in the good season. Yeah. Mm. Uh, one or two off episodes in shows like Criminal Minds, Castle, stuff like that. But when it comes to animation, he's Star Wars all the way. Uh, he wrote for eight episodes of Clone Wars. Okay. Specifically, the arc where Ahsoka gets framed for the bombing. <sighs> and the Martez sisters. Oh, okay. In season seven. So yeah. we love him. We do. We love him mm. a lot. And he wrote and directed one episode of Tales of the Jedi. Which one? The Choices, the one with Mace Windu and young Sexy Dooku. I no? would be the sandwich in that meat all day long. Absolutely. Oh my God. Absolutely. Just, just slither right in the middle there. It's no <laughs> You guys are both really tall. You can still kiss. I'm short. It's fine. <laughs> right? Uh, anyway. Steph, do you hear that background sound right now? I do not. Good. Why? What have you got? Oh, I'm uh, pretty sure my neighbors are fucking on the patio. That's all good. 
it's it's great it's great it's great background noise for the podcast does that happen a lot this is uh, they're new here i haven't seen them before nice nice well can oh. you go out and take a peek is this something we need to investigate uh no they're... look they're doing it in public they're inviting your eyeballs you know what i'm just gonna ignore that because uh okay Let's not get distracted right now. Let's not get distracted. Let's stay focused. Um, Anyway, so yeah, that is the uh, behind the scenes on this whole thing. Um, Awesome. Uh, This episode felt very different right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Like, in fact, my first line of my notes is, oh, look, they're not in fucking danger. Huh. (laughs) Um, But this episode, like, uh, just general commentary, the script felt very fast. There was, was a lot more dialogue. And the dialogue was super heavy at all times. Like, there was a lot to unpack each time. It, that's why I say it felt like a Clone Wars episode, because earlier mm-hmm. episodes of Rebels, um, I mean, I'm not not to diminish the story. I love the story so far, uh, but the script seemed simpler. Um, it seemed a little bit slower. There was a little bit more action. This episode kind of is a departure from that, and it, right. it hits hard right up front, and I love it. I... Love it. Okay. So, yes, getting into the episode, uh, it says in my notes, first shot, the ghost is parked somewhere on the plains of Lothal, so ding on the ghost is not being chased by the Empire at the start of the episode counter. (laughs) That counter needs a shorter name. Anyway, uh, Kanan is looking for Ezra. He's knocking on doors around the ship. Ezra's not there. Um, because we get a shot of Ezra running across the prairie outside. Apparently, he was hanging out with Sabine. We get no further details on that. Uh, I just had Cannon Sabine's like, hey, I have some new explosives. You want to see me blow them up? And Ezra's like, sure. <laughs> because I'm in love with you. So, yes. Yes. Definitely. Anyway, by the time Ezra finally gets to the ghost, Cannon uh, is all meditating in his cabin. Uh, he's like sitting on his bunk bed and uh, he's got the holocron floating. And I just want to, I just want to, Cannon has his own room. Well, he shares it with Hera, I assume. In a bunk bed? I mean,. When he's a, when he's in trouble, he sleeps in the in the top bunk bed. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe I really don't feel like that's Hera's room though. There's no decor or anything. It's just like a boring Jedi room. It, it's the kind of the kind of cabin that you have if you were raised in the Jedi Temple, where you all the mattresses are rock hard and you don't get a blanket. You know? Yeah, I mean, I I I know it's out there that there's a map of the ghost, so I don't you know I have to take a look at it. I didn't think about it. I just assumed it was Hera and, and Kanan's room. And Hera's way too fucking busy. She's not, she's not Sabine. She's not going to decorate her room. She has to, her room is the cockpit. We will learn. That's true. I think the cockpit is definitely much more her space. But we will learn more with Hera later that, yeah, home decor is actually a big thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Twilight, absolutely. Twilight culture. I, I'm anyway. looking at this from like where we are at right now in the story. I know, of course, what happens in the future. Oh, God, I'm so scared of that. I just have a vague memory from my previous watch of at one point, like, Ezra goes looking for Kanan in the middle of the night and goes to Kanan's room and Kanan's not there. The heavy implication being Kanan's in Hera's room. Oh, oh, they're fucking. I mean, yeah. So I think they have separate rooms. And you know what? I support it. I think any long term relationship really benefits from having separate fucking rooms. Yep. This room I'm in is my room. This room? This room is mine. Yes, that bed is the bed that I share with my husband, but um, he visits. This is my room. (laughs) His room is in the basement. He's got a whole fucking man cave down there. It's awesome. Uh, Anyway. I I have to sidebar. uh, Oh. Because I've, uh, my prime partner is not a gamer. 
my boyfriend mm-hmm. is, so he under, I don't have to do this whole uh, communication process of like video game protocol. When I am in a boss fight, mm-hmm. do not interrupt me. Even if I can hit the pause button, just don't do it. What does that have to do with what we're talking about right now? And well, okay. So our first apartment together, I had no private space. It was I, my gaming systems were in the living room. It was mm-hmm. the only TV in the house. So my partner was going to be sitting right next to me the whole fucking time. And it was a big deal. It was a struggle. And I'm like, we need a three bedroom apartment. <laughs> I need some space away from you. And he's like, yeah, for work, right? We, you need your own office for work. I'm like, yeah, sure. Work. Yeah. No, no. Seriously, all uh, having a separate space of your own super important i can't I, I don't know how people that live in studio apartments and uh one bedroom houses can do it i i really you don't. gotta get out of each other's faces yeah. sometimes like ugh. anyway uh so <laughs> getting back to rebels <laughs> sorry just venting. uh so kanan is meditating with the holocron there's a very cool spinny star chart thing going on uh but then ezra just fucking barges in he doesn't knock fucking typical yep fucking teenager Fucking. Oh. oh, no, I lost you. Hold on. And Kanan doesn't pause. even open his eyes. He's like, hey, remember how you're supposed to fucking knock? Pause, 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 pause. <laughs> hey, Steph, let's continue talking as if nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> y'all, technical difficulties are why we didn't record last week, but here we are. I know, I told right? you. Chris finally gets back from Paris and like, oh, we're, it's amazing. The power and the internet are so reliable here. This will be so much better. Nope. Power nope, power. nope, nope. Still <laughs> still in a California power grid, you know. Okay, I mean, so I kind of don't remember what I was talking about, so we're going to back it up. All right. Okay, okay. Ezra finally gets back to the ghost. He uh, barges in on Kanan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, where Kanan was doing the whole meditation of the holocron thing. The holocron drops. Ezra barges in. What the fuck? Uh, and Ezra's like, hey, I'm super sorry. I was out hanging with Sabine. Uh, and Kanan's like, yeah, sure. So um, you really need to tra- take your training more seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, because do you remember last episode when you like pinged the dark side real heavy and cast summon monster five? Because I remember that. <laughs> He's a lot less accusatory. He's actually doing like the whole gentle parenting thing here and it works. Yeah. Ezra actually responds really well to that. Um, and he's like, okay, I, I will. And Kanan's like, good, because you need to focus more uh, because you, I need to know if you're ready. And Kanan, Ezra's like, I am. Wait, for what? <laughs> <laughs> and Kanan says, For a test, a real challenge, one that could determine if you're meant to be a Jedi or not. Meant to be a Jedi? What the hell? I thought you said I was going to be a Jedi. Right, exactly. Ezra's like, what, what, what? Um, meanwhile, the Force theme is playing in the background, which I Of course. Love. I fucking love it. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we get the title card. We're back dun, in Kanan's room. Dun, dun. Like you do. And that's where Ezra's like, oh, what the fuck? I thought you said I am a Jedi. And Kanan's like, no. I said you have the potential to become a Jedi. And then he plays the age-old lament of Jedi Masters everywhere. You lack discipline and focus. And I'm like, oh, I haven't heard this since uh, Anakin Skywalker. (laughs) Right. And like, yeah, y'all are the ones who decided that you had to train children. So, of course, they lack discipline and focus. These are skills they don't have yet. 
So go ahead and keep banging your head against that wall. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Enjoy. But Ezra counters with an excellent point. He's like, you know how I grew up, right? Like with zero rules by myself on the streets of Agrabah? Like, I'm not used to this whole rules thing. Fair. But... But he earnestly does want to be a Jedi. Not just any Jedi, but the Jedi that Kanan thinks he can be. Aww. Which is really sweet. And I love them so much. And Kanan says, well, you're lucky I'm not my master. She wouldn't let you get away with... Hold up. She? She. This is the first time we're hearing any mention of Kanan's master. Yep. And I think that's really cool. Obviously, because... That's that's the thing about this whole chronological journey where we're going back through it. I have knowledge in my brain. I remember when we first started this podcast, I was like, I am not qualified <laughs> to do a Star Wars podcast. I don't know shit about Star Wars. Right, right. I remember uh, that. I, I, yeah, my, the imposter, you think my imposter syndrome is bad now, y'all? It was so, it was enormous. It was like an elephant on my back when we first started this podcast. Um but it turns out I just have knowledge. If you just consume Star Wars media, you have knowledge. It's just floating around in your brain, taking yeah. up neurons like it does. And so I know who Kanan's master is. Mm-hmm. But going back through this chronologically, I realize you know, I get to go through the journey of discovering that information again. Yeah. And it's and it's in these little drips and drabs, these little hints here and there. It's really fucking cool. Yeah, and, you know, unfortunately, we did have to skip Bad Batch because it wasn't done yet, but we right. would have we would have met Kanan a lot sooner than mm-hmm. we did. You know, we would have found out the answer on who his master was a lot sooner, too. So, And exactly what happened to him and why he is the way he is. God right damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why do we like Star Wars? <laughs> it just hurts, it hurts us all the time. <laughs> it hurts so good. Anyway, um... They have they have a really sweet moment uh, where, you know, Kanan's like, all right, well, go prep the Phantom. We're going to go do this test thing. And Ezra is super polite. And he's like, as you say, master and stuff. And like, these two have come a long way in a really short time. Yeah. Because it wasn't that many episodes ago when Ezra was like, oh, my God, you never trained me. God. <laughs> and, and Kanan was like, you need to find a different master. I suck at this and I can never train you. Like, yeah. This. They've so gone a long way. That. They've gone a long yeah. way. And I think there's a reason, there's a motivator behind uh, these two getting better. Yep. Yeah. So so Kanan, so Kanan goes out of the room and he's sighing. He's like, I'm going to regret this. And the reason walks up, Hera. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. And Hera space bombs the fuck out of the situation. She's like, you have to help him. You told me what happened. And she's not just like incur- getting Kanan to like feel better about this decision she's trying to get Kanan like emotionally ready to do it and Mm -hmm. that's a that's a great foreshadowing what happens later in the episode and I love it I love it I love her I love that she just looks him in the eyes and says you have to help him I hope I can I know you can come on space mom let's go space (laughs) mama love her Mm -hmm. okay so meanwhile on the phantom the boys are going off on a trip in their favorite rocket ship and uh, Ezra's like, where the fuck are we going? And Kanan's like, you tell me. Thanks, huh? Kanan. That's great. <laughs> oh, right. Jedi. You're a fucking Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's so, he's so like just a rogue and a rebel so much of the time that when he pulls this Jedi shit, it kind of feels like it comes out of nowhere. Right, like, right. Why are you enigmatic all of a sudden? Fuck. Anyway, he sits Ezra down. The, the, the Phantom's just flying. Because there's not a lot of air traffic on Lothal. I guess they're not concerned about 
crashing. Uh, he sits Ezra down and explains that... When I was your age, there were around 10,000 Jedi Knights defending the galaxy. Yep. 10,000. A lot. And so because there were so many, there were a lot of different outposts. And it's an old order. Like, it goes way back, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of outposts and temples just sort of scattered all over the galaxy. And that's really interesting. But pause. Hold up. Mm -hmm. Because I've been seeing um, some discourse online lately where – because this comes up. It's, you know – There's discourse online about Star Wars? No way. <laughs> no. Um, no, but it comes up every now and then uh, where people are like, how are there any Jedi survivors? There couldn't have been anybody who survived Order 66 because the fucking Vader's the coolest and, of course, he killed them all. Okay, so Vader's one guy. And yes – the clones were deployed and there were millions of them. There were 10,000 Jedi Knights back in the day. And the galaxy is a fucking huge place. I looked this up. And the the numbers vary wildly. But ultimately, there are millions, millions, millions of habitable planets in the galaxy far, far away. Yeah. there's There are countless places where Jedi could hide. So, of course, of course, even though the Empire is a big, efficient, crazy killing machine, and they have this whole organization of Inquisitors who even 15 years post the Empire are still hunting Jedi out there. Yeah, of course there are still Jedi. Of course there are. And for you toxic Legends fanboys, even in the Legends books, there were pockets of Jedi hiding in undiscovered systems. This is not... This is not a new thing. This has been around since, I don't know, the 90s. Right. And there are new Force users born every day. Every day. So, and the Force is going to put them together like Ezra and Kanan. Yep. Force the is going to force. The, the Force going to force. So just anytime, you guys, anytime that you see this discourse where people are like, but there shouldn't have been any Jedi survivors because I'm an edgelord and I think that Vader would have super killed everybody. Remind them. That at the peak, at the, at the fall of the Republic, there were 10,000 Jedi Knights in the Jedi Order, and they were scattered all over the galaxy. They were not all standing in the temple waiting to be slaughtered. So, yeah, millions of planets, thousands of Jedi. Some of them slipped through. They yeah. just fucking did. Just so, happens. Yeah. And there are outposts and temples all over the place and so Kanan's Kanan's like you are going to find us a temple we need a temple uh and Ezra's like cool okay so I'm going to meditate then yep and let the force guide me to one of them and in my notes I have well the phantom doesn't have a hyperdrive so what happens if they have to go all the way across the galaxy <laughs> surely there can't turn be around one and go back to the ghost That's right. what we're sure, surely there can't just be one on Lothal that would be too coincidental yeah yeah well, we'll get to that. <laughs> Ezra's like, but hold on. What if I can't do it? And I'm like, baby, you know this This is a test, right? Like, that's what a test is. That's what a test. Right. That's how tests work, is to see if you can. And he figures out on his own that he needs to trust himself, and he needs to trust the Force, and he's going to fucking do this. And oh, by the way, Kanan, did you ever have to take this test? And Kanan's like, oh, my God. Look, it was different for me. You remember the 10,000 Jedi thing I said a minute ago? Right. We <laughs> like, had different shittier tests, I'm sure. It was everything was different. Um, but you need, you're going to use the connection of the force. It's going to lead us to the temple. It's going to be amazing. Ezra meditates. And I don't know if Ezra is just really, really good at force meditation or if this is a kid's show. We have 20 minutes and we need to move this shit along, but he always connects immediately and gets information. Uh, both. I sure. 
I, I'm going with both. I do think Ezra is a very powerful uh, force user. And he's very deeply connected. And, and and we will learn as this series goes on that Lothal is one of those places. Yeah. That just has the force all over it. So anyway, he closes his eyes for like two seconds and he's like, I see a massive stone with a tunnel. There's a bright star in the center. It's right here. It's on Lothal. I can't give you coordinates, but I can definitely direct you there. So yeah, there is a temple on Lothal. Huh. Okay. Well, that's huh. convenient. Huh. Anyway, Kanan's like, cool, let me turn off the autopilot. And Ezra's like, you fucking knew? Yeah, of course he did. He did. He had a, that's what he was looking at in the holocron. Yeah, He's got a he, holocron. he was checking the Force GPS. Yeah, like it's really, <laughs> he was doing, you know, Jedi temples near me search on holocron maps. <laughs> With, it's like a Yelp review. They're like, this one's three stars. It doesn't have air conditioning, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, he knew where it was. But the point was for Ezra to be able to find it too. They get there. We land outside the temple. I love that it's cold here. Me too. That's really cool. We're finally starting to see different different environments. Like, it's still a plains, prairie setup, but there's snow on the ground. There's like a little icy lake nearby. There's an aurora borealis in the sky. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like, subjectively, this is a beautiful shot where they're outside of this, like, big, big and penis mountain thing. And um, just, yeah. again, <laughs> people who shit on the animation for Rebels... Are you watching the same show? Yeah, so you went so you went uh Penis Mountain, I went butt plug. So <laughs> It will be a self-rotating butt plug in a minute. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And there's no look, it's not even a stretch. It doesn't even take a dirty mind to think of that. That's just just what it looks like. The unscrewing of the butt plug does not help. Yeah. Because you do have to sort of twist to get it. Yeah, and boys, you do have to twist. You just like yeah. pull out. Don't it's, just it's shove. Gonna... Don't just shove. Yeah, you got to twist in. You got to twist yeah. out. It's like a, it's like a corking a wine bottle. Corking anyway. a wine bottle. Yeah. Except instead of a wine bottle, it's, it's, it's a it, it, It's your anus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, so they land there and uh, Kanan's like, cool, here we go. Uh, we need to find a way to get inside. Don't take too fucking long, though, because the Empire has the same records I do and they might be watching us. <laughs> Yay. Ezra scampers off. Kanan sits down. There's like these circles on the ground. And if you look closely, um, these circles and the whole layout around this temple, those are the symbols for the dark side and the light side of the force. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the symbols for these, I don't know if you've ever seen them. I hadn't seen them before. Um, in like detail, detail, but these symbols are really cool because they have each, each one, like the symbol for the dark side has a small little version of the symbol for the light side in it. Oh, wow. And the symbol for the light side has a small symbol for the dark side in it. So the, even in the ancient symbols for the dark side and the light side of the force, it has these elements, like they're blended together. And these symbols have been used in canon since Clone Wars, since the Mortis arc. I love that. Like, these are the same symbols that you see and the same sort of, the same geometry with the circles and everything. It's it's all consistent. And that comes from having the same consistent director's vision throughout from Clone Wars to now. Crazy. Is they're able to keep that, that through line of lore. It's really cool. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, it was also, these symbols were also seen. You remember um, back in Clone Wars when the younglings had to go uh, get their crystals out of the temple? Yep, yep. These symbols were also on the grounds there at that temple, which was on Ilum. That's so cool. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, and we'll, there's a big moment later in this episode I'm going to call out to that's related to that and the uh, Mortis arc, but we'll, we'll, uh, mm-hmm. we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. So Kanan is meditating in one of those little circles. Ezra's climbing all over the place. He can't fucking find a way in. And he's like, I know this is the place. I can feel it. Can you just give me a hint? <laughs> I'm like, Ezra, you're a force user now. So use Which the is fucking force. essentially what Kanan says. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so he does. And again, Ezra is the world's fastest meditator. Because he like has a little com- communion with the rock. And he's like, oh, the Temple Stone says that it wants us both to enter together, Master and Padawan. Okay. And and Kanan says, then together it shall be. And I'm like, okay, Kanan, you don't have to get all like weird sounding all of a sudden. You can just say, okay, let's go. But there's (laughs) something about this place, right? Like it's a temple. Like this is consecrated ground to him. So yeah, he's going to get a little more poetic about stuff. And I don't, like how long has it been since Kanan's been to a temple? We don't know, but it's probably a long time. Yeah, so I think he's just he's just feeling the moment. Yeah, he's, he's you know he's feeling the vibe. <laughs> feeling myself. Like you do. Feeling he's myself. feeling himself. Yeah. He's feeling, anyway, so they do that thing that they've done a couple of times now, where they stand there and they do like a team force hand thingy uh, at the temple, and then um, it says in my notes, "OMG, the temple corkscrews up out of the ground like a butt plug." Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Subnote: Roll will save to not make erection joke on the podcast. So looks like I failed, failed that one. Oh, I made that opening shot. So you know, <laughs> it's always Chris. Chris starts at you guys. It's not did me. I, it's Chris. Did I it's always Chris. remember to? Never mind. What? Nothing. Uh, so they're they're going into Look, the temple. Look, we've already had technical difficulties on this podcast. Don't fuck with me right now. What? No, no, no it's fine. I'm just from. You hit record, right? We're recording. Uh. Everything related to the recording is fine. I'm just not sure if I remember to take something out or not. Okay. That's on you. <laughs> or, or in you, depending. Yeah, basically. Anyway, so they go into the temple and Kanan's like, hey, whatever you do, don't lose focus because I don't want this temple to crash down on us. Ezra. That's reasonable. Sure. They get inside the temple. Ezra is immediately jump scared by the meditating bones of a dead Jedi master. Oh, hi. <laughs> sure. Why not? And he loses focus. The temple crashes down and Kanan goes, you lost focus. <laughs> Damn it, Kanan. I thought we were feeling poetic and reverent today. What the fuck? Yeah. It was, it was, it was short lived. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Kanan decides he's going to go ahead and meditate next to this corpse. That's what I have in my notes. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like you're going to do like a puppet show with the skull. What's happening? Uh, and so, uh, oh, I've got a lovely bunch of. Cocoa. But Ezra's also like, why the? F- <laughs> <laughs> They're all standing in a row. Bum, bum, bum. You don't remember that scene from Lion King? I do. I do. Okay. <laughs> uh, That's where my mind went. Sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so Ezra's like, hey, why are you sitting down? And Kanan's like, you are going to go in, and I'm going to sit here and wait. And if you never come out, I'm going to sit here and die, just like this master. And Ezra's like, <laughs> this is really extreme. <laughs> Which, correct. Yeah. And Ezra's like, you're putting your life in my hands? You put your training in mine. And that right there, that is the trust relationship between a master and a Padawan. Absolutely. That's that's the level we're at. Like that's that's where it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be able to trust each other with your lives, and and your training is j- in the force is just as important as your life. Like, yeah, this is all the same level. I thought that was really 
a really simple, efficient way to communicate that entire very complicated relationship. So shout out to the writer on that one. Good job. Yeah. Love so then as that. so then Ezra asks the question I'm I'm asking right now. So what am I looking for? And, <laughs> and Kanan says, nothing and everything. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Yeah. And, and Ezra Ezra's like, that doesn't help. <laughs> and Kanan says, I know, but that's what my master told me. Okay, bye. Fucking Jedi. But, but we can break the cycles of emotional violence, Kanan. We can. We can. We can <laughs> actually make sense sometimes. Anyway, so Ezra is off into the tunnels. The door is closed behind him. He's on his own. It's very um, it's very Indiana Jones in here right now. Yeah, yeah, very much so. But it's also callback to Clone Wars because this, you know, like, the geometry that he's walking through right now, these tunnels and the room that he's about to walk into and stuff, this is all borrowed set pieces from Clone Wars. I love it. Specifically, uh, the tunnels themselves are borrowed from the Bardota arc in Clone Wars. You know, the, uh, yeah. the one where Jar Jar fucks that arc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so those tunnels where they had to go down and it became very much Temple of Doom. I love that. In that Clone Wars episode, that's the tunnels here. When he gets to the room where there's like three doors and, and stuff, that room is actually borrowed from the cave set from Ilum where the uh, the younglings were going looking for their lightsaber crystals. And they had to pick which direction to go. It's that same room. It's just redecorated for this show. I love that. Which I think is really cool. Oh, also, when they walked into the temple, you know, there's those columns and they've got like ancient script carved into them mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's really, it's, it's really cool looking, but it doesn't look, it's not Orvesh. There's no clear design what mm-hmm. that script is. All of that is based off of a Ralph McQuarrie illustration that was published in the 1995 book, The Illustrated Star Wars Universe. God, so fucking cool. He did a painting of the ancient temple on Yavin. Filoni, so. you fucking nerd. I love you. Huge nerd. <laughs> Huge nerd. Um, also, the temple itself... Uh, they actually had, I saw an interview with Dave Filoni about this. They actually had a huge debate behind the scenes before they even got into this about the plausibility of there being a temple on the same planet as their protagonists. Like, what are the odds? Really? What are the odds? Why would there be a temple on Lothal? Why not? And that was essentially the answer. Why not? It's like, our guys are right here. The force has brought them together. Why not bring them together on a planet that's got a fucking temple on it? Why not? So. It's this Star Wars, y'all. Don't put too much thought into it. Right, right. God. But tell that, tell that to the the people behind this production. Tell that to Pablo Hidalgo. Like, I mean, they're going to put all the thought into it. Bless their hearts for trying. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that they ultimately come to the conclusion of, eh, <laughs> they're there. I know it's there. There's a temple. Whatever. What the story needs, the Force will provide. So. Anyway, so Ezra gets to the room with the doors, and then he plays the Lothal version of Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo. Yeah, I love this. Lothrat, Lothcat, Lothwolf, run. Pick a path and all is done. <laughs> that was awesome. I like uh, it. Uh, uh, fun fact for those of y'all that go to a theme park and see this, and uh, specifically Disneyland, uh, in Orabesh, this phrase is written in the uh, uh, animal creature area where I purchased your Lothcat. It's up on the ceiling. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's amazing. I love it. I uh, we haven't seen a Lothrat yet. Right. Like no, I don't we haven't. I don't I don't know what a Lothrat looks like. I don't later yeah, maybe I don't someday eventually in the series we'll see what a Lothwolf looks like, but this is our hmm. first hint that those animals even exist. I love that. Anyway, so he does that and surprise Kanan's right behind him and Kanan's like seriously that's what you're going with? You're going with Eeny, Mini Money Mo? 
to decide your fate today. And I thought Kanan was going to let him go by himself. And so did Ezra. Right. And like, what the fuck? And Kanan's like, I changed my mind. <laughs> yeah. Kanan's like, you suck. We're all going to die. Let's go down this tunnel. <laughs> and Ezra's like, wait, you got to wait and slow down because, you know, Kanan's running. He's like, we got to hurry because the Empire could be here any minute. But Kanan turns a corner ahead of Ezra and we hear a lightsaber and we hear yelling. And oh, no, it's the Grand Inquisitor. Ah, and he goes, now, who dies first? <laughs> <laughs> and then I have my notes, commercial break. What? Yeah, of course. Exactly. Of course. Right there. And so Kanan and the Grand Inquisitor fucking fight because, of course, they do. But it gets really, like, pantomime really fast. Mm-hmm. Like, it starts off like a normal fight, but then it starts getting really exaggerated. Like, Kanan is super sloppy, and the Grand Inquisitor is extremely precise and striking. He's fucking voguing. Yeah. Right? He is striking the poses and stuff. And they're both <laughs> making, like, big, mean mug faces straight into the camera and stuff. And it's very, like, raw and super stylized and crazy. And at one point, the Grand Inquisitor, like, Ezra tries to intervene, and he fucking force chokes him and drops him. And he's fighting Kanan, and he has he turns on the saber copter. And then it goes, classic original trilogy, Luke in the tree on Dagobah. Like, mm. blurry, choppy filming. Yeah. It was that feeling. And Kanan fucking dies. No! <laughs> what? What and that's it? Ezra goes, Kanan, no! And the Grand Inquisitor goes, Oh, so he called himself Kanan. Oh. Oh well. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? So then the Grand Inquisitor is stalking towards Ezra. Ezra scoops up, force scoops up Kanan's saber, but it won't turn on. And he's starting to panic. And the Grand Inquisitor's like, Apparently, someone is not quite ready to become a Jedi. <laughs> and my pants flew off. Yeah. Like, I'm upset. I'm devastated that Kanan's dead, but you know what? That just uh, counteracted that feeling. I just need comfort now. (laughs) You know? Uh, So, this is clearly a Force vision. Yes, but Ezra doesn't know that. Right. He has no idea, but those of us who grew up on the original trilogy, as soon as it got all choppy and blurry, then we knew. We knew this was this was like Luke's vision when he saw his own face inside Vader's helmet on Dagobah, which we will talk about when we get to it. But yeah, the Force is here to call a bitch out. The Force is here to be like, here's all your weaknesses and greatest insecurities. Let's magnify them and make you live through them. You ready? Yeah, speaking of which, uh, so uh, Ezra runs away from the Grand Inquisitor, falls into darkness, and then suddenly ends up on the the ghost? Yeah. And yeah, he, he he's in his cabin. He looks up at the fucking painting that, that Sabine did. Yeah. With him and Zeb. And he overhears a conversation. Someone says, how do you think the kid is doing? And the whole crew is there. And, and Ezra's watching this conversation unfold. And he's and basically the gist is like everyone's using him, which is like for somebody with a survivor mentality mm-hmm. of Ezra. This is like confirming all of your worst fears about people. Yeah, they're like, they don't want him there. They're just using him for what he can do for them. Or worst of all, Sabine says that she pities him because he's like a little kid. Yeah. Yeah, they're just talking mad shit. And then, and then Zeb finds him, right? Yeah. And, and Zeb's like, sorry, kid, it's something personal. Uh, it's so, it doesn't get it's so personal. personal. <laughs> it's so personal, dude. <laughs> oh my God. And I was just like, no. And uh, he's like, I-, I was on the temple, but now I'm here. This doesn't make any sense. He runs away. And suddenly we hear the sounds of a lightsaber. 
Mm-hmm. And the door, uh, Ezra looks back, the door opens, and the entire crew, ghost crew is killed, and the Inquisitor is there. And I'm like, this is a kid's show. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, we just heard everybody die on the other side of that door. The Inqu- Grand Inquisitor walks through it, and there are Sabine's feet on the ground. Like, they're dead, dead. Nice. Thanks, Star Anyway. He's stalking towards him. Ezra does the stumble back. It falls through a door, falls through darkness again, and he lands in the temple this time. Mm-hmm. Cool. We're back in the temple. He tries to call out for Kanan, and he's like, wait, wait, wait. Kanan's dead. Or is he? Wait, was that an illusion? I don't know. I'm trying. Hello? That's not me. What the fuck was that? That was you. I don't know what made that noise. <laughs> Adventures in podcasting today, guys. Anyway, he's like, I'm trapped. I'm alone. I've been abandoned again. Again. Yeah. Been alone before. Survived. I can survive this. And he like, he rallies, you know, yeah. he pulls himself together. And he's like, I need to get my shit together and get back in those tunnels because Kanan might be in there and he might need my help. He might be hurt or something. Uh, uh. I know. What a sweetheart. So he goes back into the temple. He's he's heading into the tunnels, the 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 tunnels, god damn it. The door opens. And oh my god, it's the Grand Inquisitor again. This motherfucker won't go away. I know, and Ezra's like, it's you. And Grand Inquisitor says, how perceptive. What? <laughs> <laughs> he's just here to fucking taunt him. In fact, he's like, are you ready to die, boy? Are you afraid to face your demise? <laughs> but Ezra's like, no. Because <laughs> you're I'm not afraid real. Of- yeah, well, and he's like, I'm afraid of being alone again. I'm afraid of letting my master down, but he's not afraid of death. Wow. Which, he's like 14. He's gone 15. through. He's 15. He just turned 15. Quick reminder, he's gone through a lot of shit already. So he's oh, probably. so much. <laughs> so much. Yeah. So much. Anyway, the Grand Inquisitor continues to taunt him. Ezra just stands bravely and calmly before him and closes his eyes and finds his. His forcey center, I guess. The Grand Inquisitor strikes, but no, he is unharmed because it was an illusion. Yay, it's not real. Ezra is all alone. And he sits down. And then he hears a voice. Big fears have you faced, young one. And I'm fucking crying. Yeah, because that's Frank Oz. Yes. That's not, that's not Clone Wars Yoda voice, which was, oh God, his name just flew out of my head. Shit. Uh Uh-oh. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, type the right words. (laughs) No. They're all going to laugh at you. (laughs) Tom Kane. It's not Tom Kane. It's fucking Frank Oz. They got Frank fucking Oz. So, hey, you want to know a little bit about Frank Oz? Mm. holy shit (laughs) look i can't get into it frank oz is a lot he's the original yoda from the original trilogy yeah uh he's been the voice of yoda since yoda was first invented he is a legendary muppet puppeteer he's the voice of miss piggy he's cookie monster he's fozzy bear he's grover he's animal etc 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 yeah frank oz is fucking iconic and i saw an interview with dave filoni and dave filoni's like look I've had a lot of really cool moments working on Star Wars, like working with George Lucas. That was that was cool. But I never thought that I would find myself in a booth talking to Frank Oz about Yoda dialogue lines ever like that. That was the that was peak for him. 
was he got to work with Frank Oz. Not George Lucas, Frank Oz. God damn so, it. Right? Right? God. Holy so, shit. This show is so cool. It's so good. So yeah, he hears this weird voice that talks all backwards because, yo- because by the but, way, Ezra has no idea who this is. Yeah. Uh, so Ezra's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and Yoda's all, your guide. And I'm continuing in my notes, continuing to cry, need to pause and blow my nose. And then right? I. <laughs> oh my God. And so, yeah, Ezra's like, cool, I'm ready. And Yoda's like, come see more clearly what you could not see before. He's fucking great. Okay. I can't, yeah. I have to be careful how much we quote Yoda because my, I'm going to be tempted to just fill this episode with Yoda clips because it's so good. It's so good. The whole this this episode's so good. Okay. Anyway, Uh, yeah. So so Kanan still meditating, but he's getting so impatient. You heard a noise again. Yeah. Will you hold on one second? Yeah. I need to. Oh, I see the culprit. Did she come out? I I I thought I saw like a tail. Hold on. Uh, (laughs) Cue the Jaws music. Dun 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 dun. She in the closet? Oh my god, this bitch. Just just stop that. (laughs) (laughs) She got is she stuck in the closet, didn't know how to get out? Well, I go look and she's just lounging like what? Yeah. I don't understand. No, she's definitely fucking with the closet door. I love it. This bitch. Like, I gave you everything. I gave you affection. I refilled your food and your water. I brushed you. I rearranged furniture so you could get up on the thing and ek at the birds outside the window and whatever the fuck you wanted to do. But it's not enough, is it? Nope. Never. It's never enough. It's never enough. (sighs) I love her. What were we talking about? Uh, yeah, so Kanan is meditating out by himself, but he's starting to get a little impatient. And then mm-hmm. Yoda decides to talk to him, and Kanan knows immediately who this is. Because oh, yeah. there's only one motherfucker in the galaxy that talks like this. Even Yaddle doesn't talk like this, well, for the and record. Kanan, Kanan is of a generation, right. Kanan is of a generation that definitely was trained by Master Yoda. Yeah, yeah. Yoda was in there teaching he, younglings and He shit. was in the youngling class, exactly. Yeah. So Kanan's like, how could this be? You're dead. And uh, uh, Yoda's like, I am here because you are. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, he says, See who I can. Before I could not. Changed something has. Changed what? <laughs> mm-hmm. And Kanan's like, Oh, well, I-, I took on an apprentice. And Yoda's like, Oh, so you're a master now? Well, no. You want to you wanna be <laughs> honest with me about the answer to that question? That'd be great. And Kanan has to admit that he's not sure. About training Ezra, not because of Ezra, but because of himself. Like Kanan has doubts about himself, uh, and not not the doubts that we've seen before during the like the Luminar's corpse episode, where Kanan just didn't think he could. He didn't think he had the skill mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to be able to do it. These doubts are different. Kanan is doubting because of who he is as a person. And who is he? I'm wondering in my notes. Oh like, my god, are we going to get some grand reveal about Kanan? No, we're going to leave the scene. <laughs> but we'll get there. They're we'll planting there. the we'll seeds now that Kanan has a dark past. Uh-oh. And of, of course he fucking does because he was, you know, traumatized and uh, 
hunted in the galaxy and it's a whole thing. Anyway, meanwhile, Ezra, uh, he is following these floaty, glowy orbs mm-hmm. around that really reminded me of uh, the Yoda's trippy force vision quest. Yes, where he's following the thingies around. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's totally that same thing. Yoda's like, oh, I'm just going to crib off of them. Love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to use their their whole idea and do the, the glowy orbs thing. And he takes him back. He leads Ezra back to the room with the doors. And Ezra's all like, I don't know which which one to choose. Kanan didn't tell me what I'm looking for. And Yoda's like, and your master tell you everything, must he? <laughs> and I feel like that was Yoda for, does he wipe your ass for you too? <laughs> Well, no, Ezra says. No. <laughs> so uh, so uh, Yoda's like, it's your path. You have to decide. You have to be the one to choose. That's mm-hmm. the whole point of this exercise, Ezra. Exactly. It's your <laughs> test. Buddy, go. Meanwhile, Kanan, we're cutting back and forth between them a lot because this is not just Ezra's test or Ezra's journey. Kanan is here to learn some shit, too. Yeah. And, and that's just the Force being efficient. The Force is like, hey, since I've got you both here in the temple... We're gonna we're gonna have a little have a little meeting, have a little one on one, as it were. <laughs> we're gonna force Zoom conference, y'all. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be great. So yeah, Kanan's like Kanan and Yoda are talking, and Yoda's like, "This is a super dangerous time for you guys." Uh, and Kanan's like, "Yeah, Ezra's abilities are growing faster than I can teach him." And Yoda's like, "Are you sensing that, or are you fearing that?" Because there's a difference there. And Kanan admits to the voice of Yoda that he lost his way for a long time. And, like, this is a chance to change things. Hmm. Last chance. I won't let him lose his way. Not like I did. Wow. Okay, but can I get the story of Kanan losing his way, please? Because I bet it was hot. I'm just saying. I know, I know, I know, right? I bet that's in the comics. Somebody will let us know. (laughs) Um, there are comics about as, it, uh, in Star Wars well. issue 47 that came out in 2016. There was a comp, there was a panel on the fourth page where Kanan. You gotta not throw out numbers like you know what you're talking about. Like, I know you're mocking Charles from Gold Squadron Gaze right now, but people listen to I'm not to this just mocking. That okay, for the record, I'm not, stuff. I'm not giving that queen that, this, that much power. That is how, oh, that's how every nerd, and I love y'all, but. Come on. Oh, it was uh, just how, such a spot how... on impression of Charles's voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't don't put him down just to try to get on my good side. I I'll, I will never forget you, Missy. I apologize for nothing. I stand by everything I said, whatever it was. <laughs> I said what I said. I said. Okay, okay, okay. So back to Ezra. Yeah. Because again, we're cutting back and forth. Meanwhile, back at Ezra, Ezra finds a really cool room that's got like glowing glyphs on the walls. And this is a sort of a visual thing that we will see throughout Rebels. This circles and glowing and symbols and stuff like that. And it's just going to get more and more and more. Specifically, the ceiling of this room Uh is almost identical to the glyphs that we saw in the Mortis arc where Anakin Mm -hmm. decides to get all force powery and and awesome and achieve ultimate power. Yep, yep. I, I love that. Love it. Yeah, they're really tying the visuals together. Like when you start getting into the heart of the force uh, and into the force's sacred spaces, this is this is the decor. Yeah. This is what you see. Yeah. Anyway, so Ezra gets in there and he's like, ooh, and Yoda's like, okay, focus. Why must you become a Jedi? What? Like what? What's going on with you? Why do you need to become a Jedi? And Ezra starts lifting off, listing off reasons. He's like, oh, well, Kanan wants me to. Nope, try again. That's not a good enough reason. 
So he's like, okay, well, I'm going to make the Empire pay for what they did to my parents, and I'm not going to be helpless anymore. And Yoda's like, okay, so revenge? Ah, Jedi way is revenge. Did you this your master did? Well, <laughs> well no. Ezra immediately comes to Kanan's defense, and he's like, no, the Kanan would never. He's a good master, a, a great master. And so Yoda's like, why the fuck are you after revenge then? And then again... The age-old Jedi Master refrain. Inside you, much anger, much fear. And like, yeah, maybe if you guys would stop recruiting traumatized teenage boys. Ugh. I'm just saying. Oh, God. Like, of course there's But Stephanie, they don't, the Jedi don't do that. The Jedi don't uh, kidnap children and train them. And He's not kidnapped. <laughs> and the Jedi don't kidnap children. They definitely get the parents' permission. Now, how much say the parents think they had in that? Who knows? Mm-hmm. The Jedi don't just, like, sneak in like Cad Bane and snatch kids out of their cribs. That's no. not a thing. But they do show up and be like, hi, so we're the Jedi Order. Do you see my robes? I'm very serious. And um, your kid has something that we uh, want to train, and you definitely can't. So yeah. I'm, just, I'm super So they're persuasive. persuasive. They're very yeah. persuasive. And I'm not saying Jedi used mind tricks to convince parents to give up their kids. I don't think they would do that. Most no, of them. they would not. Most of them. Most right. of them. Look, not all Jedi, not all Jedi were suited for hunting for kids. Like for going out well, there and, and talking to the parents and getting the kids and everything. More importantly, not all, not all Jedi, not all Jedi were good at it. Well, and they don't have the temperament for it. Like you don't send Dooku. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. yeah. You don't send his snooty ass out there. Picking up a baby and being like, I have to change his diaper. I don't fucking think so. I brought a nurse droid for specifically. (laughs) But you you send out out other people, you know. Mm -hmm. Not even Obi-Wan, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Obi-Wan would prefer getting them when they're like able to have a conversation. (laughs) That's who you, that's what you send Plo Koon for this. Mm -hmm. And that is what happens. Anyway, anyway, okay, getting back to this. Okay, okay, okay. So, he's, Yoda's like, okay, so you've got the whole anger and fear thing going on. Try again. Why do you need to become a Jedi? And Ezra's like, I just want to protect myself and my friends and literally everyone. Yeah. And he, like, is talking through this and sort of comes to an epiphany about himself where he realizes that he used to think only about himself because he was on survival mode, he was an abandoned child, etc., etc. And he says, But Kanan and the rest, they don't think like that. They help people. They give everything away. And I see it. I see how it makes people feel. Mm-hmm. And Yoda's like, feel? Yeah, there's a good word. Um, How? And Ezra says, Alive. They feel alive. Like I do now. And just, <sighs> it's so good. So fucking good. Oh, speaking of the word good, Yoda goes, mmm, good, good. <laughs> and I'm like, do we have to sound like Palpatine in the moment? That was not the best choice of words. Those, but- no, those echoes are deliberate. Yeah. The 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 ancient masters, the, the Palpatines, the Yodas, they will always say things that sound like like mirrors of each other. I love that. And that's because the force mirrors itself, the light side and the dark side. Like the symbols are even in the glyphs. It's the same. It's all, it's like poetry. It rhymes. That's so cool. Yeah. So Yoda's all, well, your path is going to be really fucking difficult, kid. Jedi, you may yet be. That's cool. Mm -hmm. 
And then we get a cool, like, there's a cool moment where everything goes dark. There's this floating thing above Ezra's head, and Ezra reaches up. Do you know what that shot is based on, Stephanie? Tell me. Tron. What? Dave Filoni is a nerd, like I said. So I, I had to look it up. And I was like, that looks just like a shot from the Tron movie, the original Tron movie. And uh-huh. indeed, uh, uh, I forgot. I think it's from Filoni. That is intentional. That is a callback to Tron, one of their favorite nice. sci-fi movies. Of course. Yeah. By the way, pause, sidebar. Did you see <laughs> their role? I think it's Variety that does it. They'll get a round table of a bunch of actors around yeah. the table and have them talk. Um, and Pedro Pascal was on one. And it's it's him, and he's talking to Kieran Culkin, and on the other side of him is Jeff Bridges. My God, and Pedro Pascal is talking with Kieran Culkin about um, The Last of Us and how he's done the show about it, and, but he tried to play the game and he was terrible at it, and he just <laughs> kept getting stuck, and he just he couldn't do it. And Jeff Bridges pipes up with, "I got stuck in a game once," and they're like, "Oh yeah, really?" And he goes, "Yeah, Tron, <laughs> fucking." But he, he, I've seen that, and he's like, yeah, man, Tron, man. And I'm just like, you really aren't that much different from the dude in real no, life, are you? No, he's the dude. He is the dude. dude. That was just like, really, with the stoner dad joke? Really? Really? I sure did. Jeff Bridges. I love him fucking, so much. Yeah, fuck him. Okay, getting back to Into Rebels. Sorry. <clears throat> Returning from sidebar. So uh, Ezra just caught a glowing blue thingy. Good for him. Back to Kanan. Uh, he's waiting outside the doors. The doors open. <gasps> Ezra emerges from the temple and Kanan's like, oh, well, how are you? And uh, Ezra says, I'm different, but the same. And Kanan's like, I know that feel. Yeah. That's a thing. And then Ezra's like, look at what I found. It holds up his hand. And Kanan's like, Ezra, that is a kyber crystal. <laughs> and Ezra's all, oh, wow, a kyber crystal. That's a, uh, what is that? <laughs> 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 he has no idea. No. And Kane is like, that is a lightsaber crystal. And Ezra's like, <gasps> what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. Kanan was not, he clearly went into this with a certain degree of expectation. He was not expecting Ezra to fucking level up and find a kyber crystal at all. Yeah. Like, that's a big step. Nope. Okay. Yep. So Ezra has apparently regained his focus enough that the butt plug has emerged from the ground enough for them to exit the temple. Uh, so they do, and then the temple um, corkscrews back down into the anus of Lothal, and I mean, that's what it looks like. <laughs> that's what it is. I want to be more respectful. It is a Jedi temple, and it's clearly a very sacred place, but like... We're not. It's, above. We're, it's, it's still... It's, this look, is Dark Side Divas. We are who we are. Yes. Embrace. We gotta dance with the bitch that brought us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the butt plug corkscrews back down. <laughs> And they're walking away, and Ezra was like, um, so are we going to use that as a base? Like, that's a really big – we don't even know what's in there. Like, we could totally – this would be an amazing place to hole up. And and Kanan's like, I know exactly what's in there. The past. And then dramatically walks away. Also, so. Kanan would probably rather not use it as a base because he doesn't want to risk the Empire – yeah. Finding it and destroying it, you know? Well, and Ezra, reminder, the Empire has the same records. The Empire knows that there's a temple here. Yeah. So maybe don't camp out in the spot that the Empire is definitely eventually going to look. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Anyway, they get back in the Phantom. They fly away. We are back on the ghost. Yeah. Yeah. The entire crew is sitting around the galley waiting for Ezra to, apparently he's been working on his lightsaber for weeks. Yeah, that was my uh, second line I was thinking about using where Zeb says, he's been working on that thing for weeks. <laughs> no, you, you you made the right choice. I did, I That's did. It's good, it's good, it's good. Um, 
and the crew and the crew start dis- sharing that they all have spare pieces. Sabine has some shit. Hera has some shit. Kanan has shit. Even Chopper gave him a power cell. And right. Chopper's everybody like contrib- everybody but Zeb contributed something. Thanks, Zeb. Yeah. Uh, Chopper says, "Fuck yeah, I did." Yeah. <laughs> Chopper's very proud of himself. Yeah. He's like, "I totally helped." So yeah, this this lightsaber that Ezra's working on has been a has been like a family effort. Yeah. Um, so it's not, and that's the thing. If you remember back to when the younglings were building their uh, their lightsabers back in Clone Wars with Professor Huang, um, Huang had like the history because he had the records of every Jedi who had ever made a lightsaber, right? Right. And and he was he taught them about how the lightsaber is so personal to them and stuff like like Gun- Gunji 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 the little Wookie yeah yeah little Wookie young yeah. His his is wood because he's a fucking Wookiee. He's a fucking Wookiee. They're from the forests and stuff. Like so, each lightsaber is very personal to the Jedi. Ezra's lightsaber, which is very personal to him, has pieces of the entire crew in it. Aww. Except for Zeb. Except for Zeb. Well, Zeb was around. (laughs) He just didn't get the memo. His lightsaber is not hot for Lasat. Is what we're saying. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Anyway, um. Ezra comes down the the ladder and he presents his saber to his master to check it over. And it's a weird looking saber. It's got like a like a handle, like a like a knuckle grip on it. Yeah. Looks like it could shoot something too. Interesting. <laughs> it's a it's definitely odd. And and Kanan is like, yeah, well that's different, but all right, seems about right for you, you fucking weirdo. It's essentially <laughs> the affectionate tone to the entire thing. And they're like, well, okay, go ahead and Ezra ignites his lightsaber for the first time. And, and it's, it's blue. blue. And I love him. But also, maybe we should have a quick safety briefing about handling a lightsaber. Because he is standing in the middle of a ring of people and he's just waving it. Yeah, well, oh well. <laughs> You're going to fucking decapitate somebody. Yeah. <laughs> like, easy boy. <laughs> Calm it down. But okay. But yeah, uh, Ezra. Ezra has a lightsaber. Good for him. He is, he is making great strides towards becoming... A Jedi. And then that's the end of the episode. Dun, 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 dun. dun. Just Love, like, fucking favorite episode so far. Love this episode. It was really good. That's one thing that Rebels uh, is doing really well that I felt like was kind of, except for some really trippy out there episodes in Clone Wars was kind of missing, was uh, getting into the mysticism of the Force. Yeah. And how it's not just about power levels and, like, who's got what lightsaber form or whatever. Like, it's actually a big, crazy, magical thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and so I feel like Rebels is going to do a lot to to bring that big, crazy, magical mysticism and make it more every day. And you let's know? hope that continues in the Ahsoka show. I hope so. I hope so. We'll so, see. We'll see. We'll see. No, no. Anyway, do you have anything else for Rebels Season 1, Episode 10, Path of the Jedi? Nope. Cool. Uh, so then next time we will be talking about, because this show blessedly aired in order, uh, <laughs> uh, Rebels Season 1, Episode 11, Idiot's Array. Uh-oh. Yes. And if you, like me, looked on Disney Plus and saw the the icon for this next episode, you're very excited. So, because it's a picture. It's got it's got Lando Calrissian in it. Guys. I know. Lando, I know. I know. Lando shows up I, next episode. My, my dad. Anyway. 
love him so much. <laughs> it's it's weird that you call him your dad. I think daddy is one thing. Daddy, uh, I can I can get on board with daddy being like a sexy nickname, but dad sounds like he's your father. Stop it. Um, like so, I'm taking a break from the High Republic books, and I'm finishing uh, Shadow of the Sith. I think that's what it's, it's a book before Rise of Skywalker or whatever. Okay. Um, and Lando is dad. Like Lando is like wise. I mean, he's still Lando, but he's like older, wiser, smarter. Like, okay. he, like he's still sexy, but like I would rather go to him for advice at this stage. Okay. You know, so okay. dad, less creepy, space dad, just like space mom. I don't, you don't know. I don't know if Lando's space dad is to me, and, and like the where I'm at in the book, he's coming off to me as space dad. Okay, I have not read this book, so I do not share your experience. Don't get me wrong, Empire Strikes Back, Lando, that's space daddy. That's daddy. That's, that's daddy. That's daddy. Okay, 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 okay. So do we have anything else? Are we done here? Yes. I'm done. Which which thing are I am you done. answering? Okay. D-O-N-E-E-E. Dooney. 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 God damn it. Okay, I'm going to outro now. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate you. If you enjoyed the song intro music thing at the top of the episode, um, that was a gift to the show from one of our listeners by the name of Chorlesy. You can find him on TikTok and I think Instagram as at C-H-O-R-L-S-Y. Uh, if you'd like to hang out with us in between episodes, you totally can. We are on all of the social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as at DarkSide divas also if you haven't done so already you can subscribe to our podcast via your favorite podcast platform of choice subscribe leave a review if you leave a review we'll we'll talk about it on the air it's also true. we have a youtube channel uh, under the dark side dina's ba- dark side divas banner if you do a search for dark side divas you'll find it subscribe there we also have a swag store uh, redbubble.com forward slash official divas where you can buy t-shirts mugs stickers of the funny shit we say and the logos of our shows and last but certainly not least we have a patreon patreon.com forward slash divas podcast for five bucks a month you can see unedited video versions of our shows have access to our discord which is a great community we do a lot of great virtual events there and so much more and that's how you do it bitches (laughs) irreplaceable (laughs) okay honey we're gonna go now say bye 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 we love you